Hey listener, this podcast is called Trigger Warning Romance for a reason. It is intended for an 18 plus audience due to the adult context and triggers that may be discussed in each episode. Please check the show notes for a full list of triggers and proceed with caution. You have been properly warned. It's time to count off the triggers. everybody i'm natalia i'm Corey, and this is our first episode ever so be gentle we don't know what we're doing we're just two dum-dums who like to read we like to read and we like to talk so there you are i hope that you enjoy our crazy mumbles we are going to be talking about uh, some dark stuff so check the triggers and um, here we go this was tori's first time reading it right you haven't read it before Correct. This is my first first experience. Okay. This is actually my first Anna Zeri's book. <gasps> oh, she is one of my favorites, um, authors-wise. Let's give everybody the triggers <laughs> because there were a lot. Yeah. Before, before you, we'll put a full list of triggers in the description. The triggers are kidnapping, non-con, age gap. I don't know if that's like technically a trigger, but some people don't like that. Graphic violence, graphic murder. Stockholm Syndrome, sex trafficking is mentioned. Child death is mentioned. Grooming. Anything else I missed? No, I think that's that's pretty much it. There's, there's some blackmail in there. Blackmail, yeah. I haven't read this book in a long time. And the last time I read it was when everybody was on true lockdown. When we were texting about it, I totally thought this was a double POV book. Nope. Wait, this is just in Nora's POV. That's crazy. I was disappointed in that. Me too. I would really have liked to have seen what Julian had to say. Me too. And I swear to you, if I, I would have put all the money I had on the fact that there was his opinion in there. I really thought that. Because books two and three are in dual POV, which is why I just kept waiting. Waiting for Julian chapters and they never happened. <laughs> well, I'm glad to know I wasn't the only one. Anyway, so tell me what you thought about the book. I thought the progression of Nora's character was really well done. Yeah. I enjoyed the fact that she was kind of back and forth with what she wanted and what she thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that was very true to life. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that's because a lot of what I've been reading has been very action oriented. Okay. And this was very story oriented. Though so I did enjoy the action once it got started, but that was, you know, 85 or 90% away into the I really enjoyed the book the first time I read it. That was during like the pandemic of pandemics. I was home with my husband and my toddler at the time, stuck in this house. So uh, the thought of getting kidnapped by a very sexy man and brought to a private island with a private chef where I could just read on the beach all day and have some great sex, totally up my alley at that point in my life. (laughs) Actually told my husband about this. Yes, last night we were discussing it and he got really mad at me. Not in a real way, but he was like, how dare you? But then I told, uh, we had a friend over today and her and her boyfriend came over and I was telling her about it. And she totally agreed with me, of course. And her boyfriend couldn't figure it out either. So I think this is a female only kind of understanding, maybe. I don't know. 
I totally get it. Right. I, you know, the idea of being taken, whisked away to it, to this, you know, private locale where there's nobody and nothing to bother me. And all I have is a library full of books. Yeah. Hell yeah. Sign me up. Right. The, the sexy, older, you know, sexy, wealthy, older man. That's just a bonus. Right. That's not even the highlight for me. That's, <laughs> that's just a boat. Nice, nice, nice addition. I'm with you. I don't want to go forever though. That's the- I mean, when I think about, you know, just the last 15 months of my life, the idea of spending that with only two people, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. But what I liked about it was, like you said, it was definitely, in my opinion, believable because when we should probably recap, right? So Nora goes to um, 17 at the time. And her and her friend go to a club. Like they get in with their fake IDs, they dance, whatever. And then she meets him and immediately is attracted, but is also scared shitless of him. Because she could just feel how terribly dangerous this person is. Definitely on the freak high on the freak out scale. Yeah. And especially with the way that he was looking at her. Yeah, because he came up to her and started just touching her without and asking anything. And I think that the quote was like, he was like touching me like he owned me already. Yeah. So, something like that. Um, and so she was, all right, I'm out. Like she went and got her friend. She was like, we got to get out of here. So we don't really see him for a little while after that. She's just going through her life. She's, she's going she's been in high school. She's a, she's a senior in high school. She's going yeah. through, going through the motions, trying to get through graduation, which is where we next find Julie, because as she's walking across the stage, she looks out into the audience and in the back of the room, her gaze meets his time stops. Yeah, and she's oh, like oh, freaking shit. out. Yeah. What is this? Maybe so he knows somebody else who's graduating. Yeah, she tries rationalizing it. Yeah. Badly, but she tries. Yes. And then she goes to a party with Jake. Poor Jake. Justice for Jake. <laughs> justice for Jake. That needs to be a hashtag. Yes. Hashtag <laughs> justice for Jake. Poor Jake. He seemed like such a nice guy. He did not deserve what he got in this book. <laughs> He's the guy that she has just kind of been in love with from a distance. Yeah, she's been crushing on him hard. Yes. Um, I think he was on the football team and he's yeah. that, you know, boy next door. You know, just every senior in high school, you know, looking for. She, but she was afraid to talk to him. She was afraid that the reality wouldn't hit all of her fantasies. Yes. I don't remember exactly how she phrased it, but it was something to the to the effect of I don't know that that in reality it could be that good. Mm-hmm. So I'm content to just let it let it stay there. Yeah. But at this party, she sees her opportunity to talk to him by offering to help him clean up. The party is at his house, um, and it's the graduation party. So he appreciates the fact that she's helping him, and he asks her out. Yeah. They go on a date. She's super excited. She completely forgets about Julian. She's like totally over it. Very excited for this date. They go to go for a walk in the park. and <laughs> Everything goes upside down. Haywire. Let me tell you, if you ever have the opportunity to go on a date and walk through a park, don't do it. Not- it's a bad idea. Yeah. Every book will tell you this is a bad idea. Yeah. Stay away from parks. <laughs> Stay away from jogging trails. Stay away from hiking trails. Stay away from nature, more or less. Outdoors is bad. Yeah. <laughs> anyway so they going through this you know cute walk and like holding hands and like they stop and he kisses her and it's really cute and adorable and it's like a great kiss and it's sweet and it's just everything that that you want for the for this chick yeah everything she's dreamed of it's everything that it could possibly be yeah and then 
And then they get attacked. She gets snatched back by strong, muscular hands. And Jake gets knocked unconscious. Yeah, he gets bonked in the head. And she feels a stab in her neck. If you've read any kind of dark romance, you mm-hmm. know, that stab to the neck. She's going to be out for a while. Yeah, it's over. It's done. Yeah, so she wakes up and she's like, wait, I'm in like a bed, but that's definitely not my bed. It's definitely way too nice to be my bed. And I'm naked. Why am I naked? I'm like, okay. She's like, I don't feel like anything happened in that way. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't hurt. I'm not sore. Yeah, but she's Um, super thirsty from the drug. And she's like, so I, she's from Chicago, I think. Yes. So she's thinking, you know, I'm somewhere near Chicago until she looks outside. It's when she looks outside, she realizes, oh, crap. Because all she sees is water and the beach. Oh, no, we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> she just lays there for a while and she starts to get angry and she starts quietly to like blur her surroundings. I wrap the blanket around me and stand up ready to go further into my exploration. At the moment, at that moment, I hear the door opening. A soft mm. light comes in and even though it's not bright, I'm blinded for a minute. I blink a few times to adjust my eyes and then I see him. Julian. He's beautiful, super stunning, by the way. He's got the modeliest of most modeliest models with the most six packiest abs you've ever seen in your life. And piercing blue eyes and perfect golden tan. He's beautiful. But like in the most masculine way, I think, you know, you, you know the description. You know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, here, you must be thirsty. And she's like, um, excuse me. You want to take a drink from that stranger? Yeah, she thinks about it. She's like, oh man, do I want to take this water? Because, you know, he did drug me before. Do I want to drink more water that could possibly be drugged? But then he says, don't worry, pet. It's just water. I want you awake and conscious. I appreciated the fact that unlike a lot of, of the heroines in these books, Nora is not too stupid to live. No. She's 18. And she's lived a fairly sheltered, quiet life, but she's smart. And I appreciated that. She has, this is one of those times where she truly has no fault. She has absolutely nothing to do with why she's there. Yeah. There's nothing you could have done to prevent it. So she's like, I know I can't fight him. Let me try and figure out where I am. I don't think he, he might hurt me. He has absolutely every capacity to hurt me. So I'm just going to play it smart. And we'll see if, let's see if we can get out of here somehow. And she asks, why? Because I didn't like seeing you with him. Because that makes all the sense in the world. Of course. But you know, this is what we're here for, ladies and gentlemen. This is what you signed up for. Dark, possessive, controlling, sociopath. So she says, who, Jake? And she sa- he says, yes, Nora. He says darkly, Jake. So is he alive? And he says, yes, for now. She's like, what the hell do you mean for now? He's like, well, that depends on you. If you behave, he'll be fine. If not, he'll be dead within a week. Anyway, he pretty much rapes her at that point. And it's clear non-con, like no dub con here whatsoever. No, this this is non-con. Yeah. It's so cut and dry. Yeah, if you want non-con, this is as non-con-y as it gets. But she actually does fight him. Again, like the other books that you and I have read where this is happening, a lot of the times the, the girls are just like, oh, oh, no, no, please don't. Okay, fine. It's, no, no, not the briar patch. Yeah, pretty much. So I told you about this when we were discussing books with non-con in it. I like Anna Zeri's books because her heroines actually fight in the beginning. 
we do get to the my treacherous body like 8,000 times later on. But again, I want to say like, that's not necessarily her fault because we have to remember, remember, she's really young. She doesn't really know what's happening. The first orgasm she has was with him. But even though her body says yes, she still says no. She doesn't, you know, her mind doesn't give in just mm-hmm. because her body does. And yeah. I think that's, that's important yeah. to remember. And because she's so young, she's doing her best, right? There's, there's no outmaneuvering this person. Because he's way older than her. I think he's like in her his late 20s. Uh, I think they say he's 29. Yeah, so she's 18. He's got many, many years of experience on her. But he's like laughing at her. Like he's definitely a sociopath. He's an asshole. And I love every minute of it. So don't get me wrong. There's no consent in this book. None whatsoever. And he's totally fine with it being that way. I've read some of the books where he, the hero really struggles. Like trigger warning, like non-con is a thing in this book. Again, people, we don't want this in real life. This is a book. If you're here, you know why you're here. If you're here and you're confused, leave. <laughs> you don't belong here. And if you are someone who knows either of us in real life, pretend you don't. <laughs> they get to the sociopath part later. Yeah. Kind of like the joke, you know, I'm not, I'm not insane. My mother had me tested. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know how that works out for him. Yeah, because he says, Nora, this can be pleasurable for you or it can be painful. It's really up to you. It's got to be hard for an 18. Right? That sucks, man. I mean, it would be hard for me at 44. Yeah. But I mean, that would suck for me. But but being 18. Yeah. And never, you know, and being untouched. Although one of my favorite lines in this is much later on when she gives him a blowjob and he's like wait why are you good at this yeah and she's like well she says something like i was i was a virgin i wasn't a nun before you and then she realizes that is a terrible mistake hashtag justice for jake (laughs) he's clearly super into the fact that she's a virgin so this is that trope in here also like if you're into the virgin trope because he is super into the fact that that it's that it is his yeah you know, her virginity is his and he he takes it, he claims that he owns it. Yep. And and that is all there is to be said. And he doesn't want to know, even think about the possibility that she has touched any other dick but his. They do it. He's great at it. She comes many a times. <laughs> he laughs at her. And then it's the um, proverbial take me into the shower scene in every book after they have sex. I feel like at least once in the book. I, I don't think you can have a, a romance book without that. I think it's against the law somewhere. All of their showers are like shower porn. Have you noticed that? Yes. There is a small shower. No, it's huge. They're only, I mean, like, they're billionaires. I, it's like, you know, <laughs> this huge freaking shower with all of these multiple shower heads. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know, I want that. I mean, I, I, that's my life. I have a pretty nice shower. It's not Julian Escogara's shower or anything, but it's like a decent shower. It's a decent size. And I'm a pretty small human being. My husband is a pretty large human being. So we have tried to take the sexy shower together. It never works out. I've never had it successfully work. I've tried right? it, but, yes. but it's just no. It never works properly. And for him washing my hair forget it my husband i don't think learned how to wash long hair properly and condition long hair properly until we had kids and he had to wash our daughter's hair well in all fairness you have a lot of hair i do have a lot of hair. and it's, it's awfully curly yeah. so that may be part of why it always hurts in every romance book i've ever read there's always like either a bathtub or a shower and always he's always washing her and i get how that could be sensual and very sexy 
But after, you know, all these multiple orgasms that they've supposedly had, personally, I'm like, I can't, I'm a noodle. I can't stand up. I just want to roll over and go to sleep. Yeah. There's no way in hell I'm getting into a shower after that. Then at some point, Julian goes off for business and she comes up with this plan to take Beth hostage, more or less, and demand her open the, you know, the door to the office so that she can like get some help. And she like finds this heavy vase and smacks her over the head. But of course it goes wrong because Nora is like this small, weak person. And Beth is, oh, she was always described as like very physically fit. A teenage girl does not really pose an issue. No. So that she like runs away from Beth and like hides on a hill somewhere on the island. And she stays gone for almost what? Almost a day? Yeah. Because she like sleeps out there. Yeah. Which is impressive, honestly. Well, she sneaks back and guess who's back? Julian's back. He's waiting on her. Not a happy camper. Mm -mm. She clearly tried to escape, which he's not happy with. He like brings her into the office and it's like a very high tech, like retina scan to get in and very futuristic. And even if you would have successfully taken Beth hostage, there's no way she would have been able to get you into this office. All she can do is a phone that she can access that literally only dials him and that's it. She was doomed before she started. Yeah. But that would make it really as much fun. Yeah, of course. She has to, uh, we, we, we need this to happen. So he brings her into the office and he like puts on the computer screen and makes a call. And Jake's room is on screen, but she doesn't know that it's Jake's room, right? Because she's never been there. She's like, whose room is that? And he's like, well, it's good that you don't know whose room that is. Because if you did, I think it would have been even worse for poor Jake. Person comes on screen and like beats the ever living crap out of Jake. And Nora's like freaking out. She's like, please stop. She's like, don't do this. Like, I'm so sorry. Like, I won't try to escape again. He's like, no, because if I'm going to go back on my word now, you're just going to think that he can push me over. I got to show you that I'm for real. If I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And you're going to believe it. Well, he does eventually call his goon off. Yes. She has repented enough and she Mm -hmm. has cried enough and she has suffered enough watching poor Jake that he makes a call and the guy's just like oh and he stops and he leaves yeah all she sees is Jake stumble away and like call 911 and then she gets punished yeah because that wasn't enough no of course not Nora is smart but Julian is freaking brilliant yeah good at what he does when he decides that he's going to you know totally mind fuck this chick he succeeds though after the sex scene came one of my favorite parts of the book Okay, please tell me. They are, they're on the beach and she's trying to get to know him a little. She comes up with a decision with a, with the opinion that she can lull him into that false sense of security. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I pretend that I'm into this, if I pretend that I'm into him, maybe he'll take me off the island and I can get away. So she starts putting that plan into motion, which I thought showed a lot of forethought for her, as opposed to a lot of the heroines that we've read recently, mm-hmm. where that would just never occur to them. Yeah. But on the beach, we get back into that. I'm not insane. My mother had me tested because <laughs> apparently he's seen a couple of psychiatrists who think that he is almost a borderline sociopath. And that that's the term that they use is borderline sociopath mm-hmm. because he killed the man who killed his family. I mean, I don't think there's any borders there. He's a sociopath. sociopath. He's a hundred percent a sociopath. And it's understandable because his dad was bananas. He was a bonkers guy and started grooming him to take over the quote unquote family business, which was like some sort of mafia stuff. Rug cartel, I think. Yeah. At like the age of four. And he killed his first guy at what, like seven? I think it was, I think it was nine. 
something like that. Yeah, yeah. it was young. I mean, it doesn't matter. It, Seven, it, nine. It was, it was young. That's when we also find out about the nightmare and where he starts screaming about some girl named Maria. And like, who the hell is Maria? She almost gets jealous. And then she's like, wait, I can't be jealous. Like, what the hell's wrong I with me? Jealous. What, is, what's, yeah. what the hell? So she asks Beth about Maria in a sneaky way. And Beth tells her, you look just like her. And then she's like, well, all right, I'm going to have to tell Julian about this. <laughs> and Nora's like, no, no, please don't tell him. I don't know. After that Jake incident, I would be on my best behavior if it was Absolutely. me. It's, it's one thing if you want to, if you want to hurt me, but hurting somebody else. Yeah. That takes, it's a whole new level. This is when my, my favorite part comes with like he comes in and he's like oh so you're just being like super sneaky and like very curious kitten he's like i can't punish you properly now because i'm too tired but you could just blow me and then she does he's like why are you yeah why is this why are you good at this and then the next night is when ties her up and does some stuff with her butt and that's when it again it becomes very like non-conny because she's like clearly telling him no i don't want this because she got used to having regular sex with him and even enjoyed having regular sex with him but she did not want that I'm actually really surprised he didn't go after Jake again. I was too. I was expecting, I was expecting for Jake to die at this point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say she's innocent because as she explains, she's not a nun. Yeah. But she is fairly naive in the ways of physical relationships. So it gets a little crazy when Julian starts with the spanking and the toys and the bondage and the anal. The scene was a little harsh. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. No, it was, it was great. Harsh. It was great. My favorite part is the fact that she's because like, it makes total sense for like an 18 year old version to be comparing it to Fifty Shades of Grey, because that's like the only concept she has of any sort of BDSM. She just kept going back to, is he going to hurt her? And she even asks him in the very beginning, I think, if you remember, she's like, are you going to hurt me? He says, probably. Yes. Are you a sadist? And he says, yes. Yeah, which I don't really think he is. Based on the sex that we have seen so far, I would not have described him as a sadist. No. Because he didn't seem to get too into the pain play. No. I mean, he spanks her, he does, and he does whip her. Yeah. But that's pretty much the extent of it. So. said, like, I don't think it was very, like, intense. Like, when I think of sadist, I think of a little bit more than just spanking. Yes. I have more than played around in that genre um in my my personal life so yeah there are quite a few options i think he uses a belt at once and then he uses a whip another time i did get tickled at the it's like the third or fourth scene she she says i'm just about to let myself feel relief julian returns a black gym bag in his hands i don't know if everybody uses a black gym bag but that's what we have in our house and that's what other people that i know have used and i'm like huh i wonder is that just typical equipment i guess it's like the most convenient place to like put it because if you're gonna be carrying it around like to different places like what are you gonna carry it around with like a rolly suitcase i really like the scene where she's right after her birthday oh yeah where she throws the birthday cake she freaks out totally freaks out i mean we're talking major mental meltdown she tells him she hates him he forces her to tell him because he keeps he asks her you know why why are you falling apart Mm mm-hmm And she won't answer him. She doesn't want to give him any more of her than she's already given it. And so he forces the words out of her and she tells him she hates him. But she says, I need to convince him of my hatred because the alternative is unthinkable. He can't know the truth. He just can't. 
Yeah, because while like she even says at one point, she seems to be doing really well and thriving in captivity. No stress, right? She's eating well, she's sleeping well, and she's exercising. She's also having great orgasms all the time, which I'm sure is great for your health, actually. So she says she's thriving in captivity. I shouldn't be enjoying this. I mean, it makes sense. I would also feel really guilty because like your family's worrying about you. You know that they're worrying about you and feel guilty for liking it. You feel like you shouldn't like it, but you do. And she's actually liking the crazy sex too. And she finally figures that out. It starts out being like, oh, it's not as horrible as like I would think it would be like to be like tied up and like banked or or whipped or whatever. And then I think she says to someone, she's like craving it. And that makes her feel guilty because again, she's like, I shouldn't like this. He teaches her to enjoy it. Yeah. And she, I think, recognizes that at one point. And that's part of what helps her to accept the fact that she enjoys it. Because it's literally her first real sexual experience with actual sex. And it happens over and over and over again. It's kind of like a Pavlovian situation. Julian is a smart sociopath. So he's going to do whatever he needs to do to get this girl on board. And we love every minute of it. So will you. (laughs) This is the scene with the belt. I think he uses the whip the first time for the punishment. Yeah. And the belt for after the I hate you. The sex is really great in here. It's written really well. And Azari's the the author is like really good at writing the details without making it gross. You know what I mean? Like some people go a little bit into too much detail, in my opinion. Yes. I don't know if I need to read about all of the secretions. (laughs) Some things are big enough to the imagination. The sex was hot. The sex was really well done. Okay. It was not gross. No. It wasn't overexplained and it wasn't repetitive. No, it was always new stuff. Okay. Can I just tell you about one of my favorite, which might tell you a little too much about me, but when they did that race. Yes. Okay. So Julian and Nora. Nora says, oh, like I ran track in school. And like, like I said, like she's been exercising on the beach. Like she's been running every day. Julian was like, oh, do you think you can like outrun me? And she's like, absolutely. Like I was really fast at track and now I'm even faster because like all I've been doing here is running because it's I'm on an island. I got nothing better to do. She doesn't know that he literally trains with all of his Navy SEAL buddies or whoever. Yeah, his, all of his guards. Yeah. Are like like ex-Navy ex- SEALs and ex-Special yeah. Forces. Yeah. So he like trains with them every day. Like she has no idea of this. So they race and she does put up a quite a, a race fight. She's running for her life and like wants to win so bad that passes out almost by the end of the race and she still loses. And he's just like perfectly fine. All this running this like turn him on and now he just wants to have sex. And she's like, how are you wanting to have sex with me right now? I'm literally going to die. I'm dehydrated. And I need a nap. And he fucked her so much good slash intense that she literally passed out. Probably more from like the fact that she was dehydrated from running so much. That was my favorite. I don't know what that says about me, but I hate running. So I'm that's never happening. And you know, actually, I found out recently that I have asthma that's um, <laughs> exercise induced. Anyway, I probably would pass out if someone had sex with me right after I ran. Just like, just like Nora. <laughs> So yeah, that was my favorite. Then he like brings her back and he's like, why did you run so hard that you passed out? And she's like, I wanted to win. (laughs) She wanted to win so bad. I can understand that because I can get quite competitive about the dumbest things. Well, it, it kind of works as a metaphor for their relationship. 
Yeah. Because she's always wanting to come out on top and she, she picks fights and she puts her feet foot down or tries to, because just once she's going to come out on top and yet she never does. Yeah. And like, it's always so easy for Julia, like no matter what they do and no matter how hard she fights him or like thinks she can outmaneuver him, he always is just easily winning. I guess there's probably some comfort in that knowing that everything is so easy for him that, you know, he's obviously going to be able to take care of her, but it'd be frustrating as all hell. Yeah. And I think she even says that at some point to herself and her brain. Like she's like, why even bother fighting anymore? There's no point. I'm just going to put out all this energy and he's just going to get his way anyway. When they ended up in that hospital after she had appendicitis, Mm -hmm. she thought I need to tell somebody. But then she really thought about it. Was this just, again, we, we've said this, but like Anna Zaries is good about it. like her errands are not too stupid to live. Like she thought about it and she, he probably paid everybody on this hospital off. Why, why would he risk bringing me off the island if he didn't think that I was going to just come back with him? You know, and in a way, like, yes, that's part of um, why a lot of lady, like why I like this book, too. You don't have to think anymore. A lot of us as women, like you said, we're just alphas out there, right? Like we're working hard, we're making decisions. And in a book, it's nice to think I don't have to make any decisions, right? That's appealing in a way. And I don't think I would like that in my real life, but it's really nice to think about and like fantasize about that being my life in a book. Yeah, I totally understand that. So their sex life is also kind of like a metaphor for their life in general. He never lets her be in charge. I don't think she's ever on top on any of the the scenes that they have. I think there's only one blowjob in this whole book. Yes, and that's the first one she gives. That's the only one she gives him. Yeah, as it should be, because this is a romance novel. He goes down on her multiple, multiple, multiple times, clearly on page, right? But we're we're never even like hinted at that it happens again. It's just the one time. So much for her being good at it. Yeah. Well, I think that kind of pisses him off. He didn't like that. Like he liked it because it was great, but he didn't like it because that meant like she's had experience doing it before to somebody else. And that was not okay. No, which is psycho. But again, this is what we like about this book. (laughs) He's psycho. (laughs) We went off track a little bit. So I'm just going to recap so that we stay on point. Nora has appendicitis. They go to the Philippines. They do operation. Everything's great. Then all of a sudden, Nora and Beth get kidnapped by a terrorist organization that wants guns from Julian. They torture and kill Beth. And then Julian comes and saves Nora. And then there's a big explosion and Nora thinks he's dead. So Nora gets rescued and goes back home to the United States. The whole point of him leaving, letting her kind of live her life alone because he was literally like in a hospital recuperating from being blown up. We needed to see that her life without him was worse than with him. Like it may have been fine before she met him. It's, you know, kind of like the Wizard of Oz where Dorothy goes to Oz and there's all the bright colors and then she comes back home and it's black and white. Exactly. Perfectly said. That is what we needed to see because he came back and like he was ready to kidnap her again. She went with him willingly, but he showed her the syringe full of the same stuff that he took her with the first time. And he was like ready to do it again. But we saw that she was struggling. She didn't really see a lot of her friends because they were all in college and she didn't go to college. She was getting ready to possibly go back to college. Mm -hmm. She even went out on like a pseudo date with that one guy. Yeah, that one night stand attempt. 
Yeah, she clearly missed having him in multiple weeks. She missed him. She missed the sex because she thought he was dead. She literally thought he's dead. I need to move on. Maybe I need to go have a one night stand just to get over it. But she physically couldn't do it. So us seeing that her life was worse without him because he's changed her for the be- for better or for worse. He changed her like she's not the same person she was before. And when he comes back, it was a very sexy comeback, by the way. I don't know. Like the more I read this book, the more I like it. And the only part of this book I did not like, and we've said this before, is be- is that it is in all Nora POV. It is not a dual POV. We get dual POV next time. Like I wanted in Julian's crazy brain. I wanted to see what he was saying. There are some books that are single point of views that are very well done in that. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong. I am not saying that this wasn't well done because it was, but I just wasn't satisfied. Like you said, I needed that crazy. I was missing it. Yeah. You got a little glimpse of it when she made the mistake of telling him, oh, like I wasn't a nun before I met you. And he got crazy eyes. Excuse me, did you just mention the fact that you were physically with other men before you knew I existed? I know I shouldn't like that. How can you not? I'm trash for that stuff. I love it. If you're into like jealous, possessive, crazy, Julian is the epitome of jealous, possessive, crazy. I really hope that in the next book, we see more of the crazy. You do. I'm hoping that because it's going to be dual point of view that we're going to see more of that. It is. It's it's it is so satisfying. But I think it's a really well done book. It's missing Julian POV, but I think in a way maybe we needed just Nora because it is so non-con heavy that you need to know that she's okay with it. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. Because the whole book is more or less non-con. Like yeah. even when she's okay with having sex with him, she's still a captive on this island. And she has no choice until the very end when she decides to go back with Julian. And that's when we're going to have to pick back up next week when we read Keep Me by Anna Zaris. We hope you enjoyed our episode and we can't wait to see you next week. If you like our episodes, please rate and review. It really helps our other listeners find us. And please follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. We're at Trigger Warning Romance. Or you can email us at triggerwarningromance@gmail.com. at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day, everybody.